but I'm not honoring a a, a guest list for a funeral. If you don't rock with me while I'm live. Don't come I just fake. told you No it's not about being fake You don't know what's good Some people don't really understand the concept Of a good thing Until the good thing is gone No 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 you already know You already know You know no 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 you already know Mitril and I am your host, Mitril. Um, this is episode 49. Okay, so sweet. Man, it's kind of snug up on me. I wonder what I'm gonna do for 50. Eh, anyway, I digress. But no, so man, to uh man, this week, the last two weeks have been very, very, very um I wanna say interesting. First and foremost, my kids had have had another break, uh, which I'm assuming the school system didn't think that the four weeks uh, because of the weather weren't enough break, they decided to force them to stay home with me longer when the whole point of them going to school is for them to get away from me for at least eight to ten hours a day. Nope. I'm joking. I'm joking. I um, actually enjoyed the time, man. It was really, really cool. Um, Because <laughs> the one thing that's cool about kids is because they're so... Um, I guess I say raw, and they're so honest. Um, they haven't began. They haven't yet, yet, and I say emphasis on yet. They have not yet mastered the ability of uh, just deception. I mean, kids aren't yet at the point where um, they go out there they're they're purposely trying to deceive you or like they're still pretty pure i mean at a young age my kids are pretty young but um i was just thinking about how much i kind of like love my little boy you know what i'm saying my youngest guy i love all my kids of course but my youngest is the baby and he when i say he has the baby persona like dialed up i'm talking about over even to the point where sometimes if he he'll walk up to me and like raise his hands for me to pick him up and he'll just make the little mm, mm sound like he won't even talk and um very annoying to my wife very annoying to her uh <laughs> and sometimes he get me and I, my son is almost 5 he'll be 5 this year so um the baby role is done for <laughs> but it's funny that he still plays into it because he knows um, or he thinks that, you know, I'm going to treat him that way. And what was interesting that is about that is that because I love my son so much <laughs> and do baby him a little bit, I notice that there are times when I'm less lenient with him. You get what I'm saying? So I began to realize that I adore him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I literally adore my youngest because he's such a baby. Uh, Some say because he looks a lot like me. So there's a little bit of vanity in there. I don't believe that, but I digress. I'll take it. (laughs) Pray for me, y'all, because I don't see it, but I'm not going to say it ain't real. Um, And I have been thinking about that, um, the difference between love and adoration. Now, the definition of adoration is rooted in it says deep love and uh worship are the two definitions it says one love to 
worship. <laughs> and when I started to think about the difference of between why love and worship, you know what I'm saying, weren't the same thing, it means that there are differences in approaches, meaning that you can love something, but you don't have to adore it. And you can adore something, but it doesn't necessarily mean you love it because both have um they have different they have different outcomes they have different results they have different different ways you go about it like if you love someone you'll do this if you adore someone you may be doing this and not even know it because you can think they're the same thing but they're not and it made me go back to thinking about how our relationships go in life and how you can love something and then you can adore something because love comes with correction. But adoring something is attached to worship. <laughs> and when you adore something, like I said, I, I adore my son the way he acts, you know, that means that I look beyond or past his behavior. Not not looking at him like, man, you five years old. You need to you know you don't need to be acting like this. But because I adore you, I just I, I love it. I, I, I indulge in that because of my adoration for you, my worship for this behavior versus my love will immediately come with compassion, empty, but also correction. And that's what we want to talk about today. I want to talk about the difference between love and adoration. But before we do anything, let's go to my favorite segment. Let's talk about it. How are you doing? My name is Beach Real, and this is some of the things that's happening in the news. Now, uh, man, <laughs> this is something that uh, has, um, I really sat back to take notice that it actually has taken over every and any conversation in the world as of today. Um, and it was the uh, the shocking death of Aramis Agadon, um, also known as Nipsey Hussle. Um this is what I want to say, man. First and foremost, man, um, I think people, everybody grieves differently, right? Um, I think what sucks about social media is because we're so desensitized, but we're also programmed to process everything in real time, that people have lost the wisdom and the sensitivity to actually process before they regurgitate like to see to step back and to see someone's death be the focal point of controversy and i want to talk about controversy not just the death but the arguments of people kind of make trying to make sense of it so some people are talking about man this affected me this way man this person did this in the in uh in the rap in the hip hop community. Man, this person did something this in his neighborhood. Man, y'all didn't even know who he was. Man, I don't know who this person is. Who's everybody talking about this person? And I can't believe people talking about who he is and like seeing the conversations and seeing a person uh go fake go on Facebook Live to complain about people complaining about who that person who Nipsey was. And it's it's very very interesting. So what sucks is, is that there was a time when this stuff would process and you'd have to sit down. You'd have to take it all in. You'd have to relax. Where now 
you can literally just blurt every thought onto social media and this can create a web of dialogue that surrounds this one person. So what sucks is that a person's death, even though we'll say, oh, rest in peace, there's no peace that's coming from the death immediately because everybody's frantic processing it in real time in the public, um, which I think um, sucks. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always try to, you know, put myself in that position. You know what I'm saying? So I think about, you know, um, if I was to pass, what would I... <laughs> it's weird because I regret the intro was me and my wife having a conversation. Um, and I get a little weird about my my death and how I visualize it or kind of visualize it. It's super weird. But how would I want that to be? Like, what do what at the end of the day, what do I want my legacy to be? You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, when I when I go, how, what conversation do I want to be had or does it even matter? So. I'm I'm constantly observing people, you know, first and foremost, because everything is content now. But no, I'm constantly observing people to see how I may be perceived by watching the actions of other people. You know what I'm saying? Because I got a podcast. I'm a very opinionated person. So what I do is sometimes I'll shut up and watch other people talk to see how people may be receiving me when I'm talking and people are just, you know, listening and watching me. So this is what makes this situation interesting. We already know that when a celebrity passes, the world will mourn. I mean, this is just culture. Like, every time a celebrity dies, the world takes pause. Everybody's sad. Um, and every time this happens, you get a group of people, right? It's, diff it's, different. it's different groups. But you get the one group that may say, oh, that person wasn't saved, you're going to hell. You get the other group that say, oh, man, I love them, and this is what's wrong with the church because they don't even have an impact like this. And you get the other group of people saying, hey, man, y'all tripping. Why y'all even talking about this dude? Like, like you, you always get it's the same dynamic when people die where people feel they have to say something about somebody because other people are talking about it. Like, because somebody who I may have never spoke of, never cared about, never thought of, but because now they are the focal point or the highlight of the conversation, now I must become an, um, <laughs> I must become someone that needs to say something about this because everybody's saying something about it. And it sucks because we're, we're desensitized because we're not talking about you talking about somebody who's just in the news for something. We're talking about somebody's death rises a group of people to feel the need to take a side and argue and talk against the death of someone um as if this isn't a tragedy to anybody like like don't get me wrong this person could go around of killing people slapping people whatever that person is still his death their death still will affect someone on a level where they're going to be distraught because that person is gone and i always ask myself as a believer myself and i'm talking about even with these celebrities that are wild like that's that's just foul what when that person is murdered or that person dies and the world is crying out, oh, man, this is so sad. I can't believe this happened. Is it my flesh or my spirit? If I was to speak out and say, well, that person didn't love God, so that person going to hell. Or why y'all work like who? Where am I speaking from when I when I feel the need to speak out against the mourning of someone who I believed and consider not saved because of how they lived? What? Am I giving God the great the glory 
Or how am I giving God the glory by speaking out in this way? If I've never spoken out about this person, if I've never reached out to this person, if I've never had a a pull to try to witness to this person, if I've never went out of my way to try to do anything about this person, but the moment I hear people worshiping or the moment I hear people speaking highly of someone that has died, I need to tell the world that that person doesn't deserve it. And I always go back to asking myself, is this my flesh? Like, is this pride or is this righteous indignation? And I try to really filter it through the word of, okay, why am I saying this now? How am I saying it? And is this something that needs to be said in this time? And I'm saying all this and I'm not going to give an answer directly because of how emotional it is. And there are people that I've had conversations with online um, sort of asking them or sort of commenting on, you know, like, hey, bro, this is weird. Why are you arguing with somebody about somebody being dead or why are you speaking? Like, I've had these conversations and I got, you know, unfortunately, I did get sucked into a couple. But I'm. Um, because I'm really it was really confusing to see how much negativity came out of the fact that people didn't like how people were mourning or honoring someone who's dead. You know what I'm saying? Almost in a way where it looked a certain way. So without me giving my personal opinion on how it that's done, I know that I've done that in the past as well when somebody who was uh, you know, overtly not for God that was kind of living their own way, doing what they want to do. And then when they died, people worshiped them or was talking, you know, very highly of them. And I would say, oh, so y'all do this about this. But if Jesus died, y'all don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> like, like I would get into that type of bag. Um, I look back at it now and I question myself or not even question myself because I look back at that stuff now and say, oh, that's your pride. Oh, that was jealousy. You know, you felt the way because you keep seeing people who don't honor God get all this attention while you are trying to honor God and you battling for time for 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 attention. And I had to really and I checked myself about it because I'm like, oh, that ain't the spirit of God. God don't operate in jealousy. God don't operate. God don't speak out of hurt. There's no wisdom in hurt. There's only pain and emotion anyway. So I had to check myself about that. So now being able to sit back and see it, it's extremely disheartening that we as a people are still so desensitized when it comes to the human, the human emotion, or we're so desensitized about life, whether it's an abortion, whether it's a murder or a suicide, that we will still find a way to argue, make things about ourselves when someone is literally dead. And the only thing we can think about is how it makes us feel. So we'll spend so much time responding out of the place of how did this make me feel versus, man, that's really sad. My prayers go to the family and those that are affected. Now I step back from it and I let God do what he needs to do on the hearts of the people that are actually going to have to live with this death after I no longer care because something else on social media has grabbed my attention. So I've always challenged myself when it came. No, I, oh, let me. I'm, I'm lying. Let me take that back. I, once I noticed this was something I was doing, from that point on, I always try to take myself back and say, "Am I speaking on something from a private place? Am I am I talking out of the emotion of the moment? But I'm reacting to how this made me feel versus what actually happened, because." Whether I'm thinking of a conspiracy, which we're hearing a lot about with, with uh, a court attached to this death or um, crime or that's why you shouldn't go give back to the hood because the hood don't love you. Like all this, all this propaganda, everybody's talking about 
their stance or how this makes them feel is like, but when do we take pause? Because life is so valuable that when someone dies, it's like, wow, not, oh, y'all need to hear my point of view or y'all need to hear my stance and my position and my propaganda because that person can't hear it no more. That person's gone to be like, wow, another life is lost and that sucks. Just in the moment of understanding that death hurts, hurts families, people. So why am I talking about how I feel when someone literally is fighting and trying to hopefully, Lord willing, talking to God like, Lord, I don't know what to do with these feelings. Help me. Or a person who doesn't believe in God can be in a place when death comes where anger is fueled. We're now all that drama, like they're, they're, they're revving for the drama. Like it's, It just sucks that life and the loss of life still does not, has not, because of how desensitized we've become, does not grab a pause in us. And I'm, let me talk to the believers for a second. Does not grab a pause in the believers where we feel that how we feel doesn't matter, but that we should be in a place level-headed enough to either be silent or speak life in the people who are mourning in the time of something that no one plans for. For real, man, I think it's tough, you know. Um, now, while the celebrity who passes will always get, you know, worldwide attention, that's a reality. That's not even a slight to the people who are living, who are living with the deaths of their family with in the same day, the same week, the same month, and you feel like nobody cares, right? So yeah, this is my final piece on this. First of all, you know. Rest in peace um, is a saying that I think is clean enough for you to just say, man, you know, you don't I don't like when people get into the fat, you know, into the reality, uh, into the conversation of, hey, oh, your friend died. How he died? Oh, he was. How is he living? Oh, he going to hell. I think that's just <laughs> I don't know. I think that's weird to let that be what you want to lead with, especially with someone that you never took the time to try to witness to while they were alive. You know what I'm saying? I think it's weird to send someone to hell that you never tried to introduce the gospel to, that you never tried to witness. So, um, and that's just me. That's a sidebar. But no, this is the one thing that I, I do wanted to say, that even though your family member might not have gotten worldwide attention, it doesn't mean that the person who did mattered more. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't mean that, that their death was less painful and Hurt, you know what I'm saying? Like, because truthfully, both deaths are permanent, and both and everybody who has lost someone has to live with that for the rest of their life. Whether you are famous and you're doing it all on TV and everybody is watching you, or you're at home by yourself depressed and you feel like nobody cares, both come with their own own you know form of, of pressures and the, and even maybe the attack of depression. But I want to say that they do matter. You know what I'm saying? Um, I know people directly who have lost people within a week um, from whether murder or gun violence or suicide. And they have they won't they didn't even make the local newspaper. Right. And so sometimes that can cause you to want to lash out because also y'all want to talk about this death. But my family, this went through my family. Listen, I get it. And and this is the problem with social media. First of all, everything that's on social media doesn't mean that everybody cares. And everything that's not on social media doesn't mean it doesn't have value and it doesn't matter. It just means it's not on social media. So my prayers 
my uh, my prayers, my heart goes out, my condolences to anyone that has lost someone. And I really pray that you take this time to go to God and let God grab your heart for you to give yourself the opportunity to heal. You don't have to say nothing to nobody. You don't have to make this huge proclamation on social media and post this emotional picture of you and the person that you lost and tell the world how you know. You don't have to do any of that. None of you don't have to do any of that. You can literally sit in your room and go to God and let God work things out with you. Because the first first things first, what sucks about social media is that you can post that. They'll hit a like and they'll keep going. And if that person was killed by gun violence, they'll hit a like, keep going and still play the music about gun violence. <laughs> so you feeling the need to make this public proclamation isn't an impact always. Now, if you if that's just how you process it and that's what you want to do, go ahead. But what you what we should do when you're dealing with death is that this is something that you need to cling to your family. You need to look at time and like, man, I thought I had more time. That's why I didn't call this person last night and tell him I loved him or didn't call him and pray for him when I felt that on my heart. Or I didn't pull up on him and say, hey, let's go get some ice cream or let's go to a movie or something because I thought I had time. This is the stuff that wakes you up to realize that it's such a life is such a gift that you need to we need to indulge in the life aspect of it. Versus talking at people online and, and spewing all this about actually actually diving into a, actual, a real relationship. So if you are dealing with loss, please spend time with real people <laughs> and, and, and actually spend time with God. Because death is something that's so, it's, 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 it has such a weird you know, effect on people. Is that the only person that I believe... That, that can actually help work your heart out in the right way to help you get some understanding and not let that event change you is the person that created you. You know what I'm saying? To give you some wisdom on how to respond, how to take this in, because you still, because you're still blessed to be able to be alive, you're going to have to find a way to live through this and not let it change you in the wrong light. Because this can create bitterness, depression, anger, resentment, because you don't understand because it's not fair. You know, it's even easier sometimes when somebody dies from something like uh, that's, you know, from a disease. You get a little more closure because th this stuff kind of happens. Diseases happen. But when someone is murdered, it's like they were stolen from you. And you need to blame somebody and you need someone to pay. And that can create something in you that can literally change the course of how you think through everything, how you feel through everything. And sometimes indulging in social media and finding people that will support those those thoughts and those feelings and help cultivate that anger and that depression or that that somberness or that um, just a, you know, perverse, you know, look at life and say, well, everybody going to die. And then you become numb or you become desensitized because you have people who will support that type of feeling online. But if you pull back and you embrace family and you go to God solo and in, and, in, and in a group, then God can help work that heart out. And that person that you lost, that loved you and you loved, I guarantee the life that someone who you lost, if they that loved you and you loved, doesn't want their, their passing to destroy who you are. To destroy what made them love you so much. That smile, that laugh, that sense of humor, that faith, that hope, that whatever it is that is you. They wouldn't want 
something to take that away. So this is, and this is something that's very, very, very close to my heart because of how death has affected me directly um, recently. But what I will say, if it wasn't for the grace of God, if it wasn't for me shutting up, getting offline and actually giving myself time to process it, you know what I'm saying? Letting my friends kind of pour into me, but even falling back and that's depending on how you mourn, but falling back and allowing God to just have some time with me. Let me be mad for a while. Let me be frustrated for a while. Let me even want to blame somebody and want revenge for in my mind so that God can rebuke those thoughts, cleanse them and give me some healing and try and give me a peace that I don't understand why I'm no longer sad. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanted to be depressed for a long time. I want to stay sad, but something because something in me wants me <laughs> won't let me do it. One because I still got stuff to do. I still have a family I have to pour into. I'm I'm still the head of a house. I still have to walk around and speak life. I still have to view things not through the hurt of what happened to someone I love. But through the love in the in the worldview that God gave me. So I had to take time, meaning I couldn't process online because people online are nuts. <laughs> and I'm only saying that because I, I'm probably more I'm a lot more nuts online than I am in real life. I mean, I've heard it. I'll just accept it, whatever the case may be. But what I'm saying is, is that you don't have to process online. And when you see some people processing online, you don't have to rebuke their process online, especially publicly. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes the best thing you could do for somebody is to ignore them, pray for them and keep moving because everybody is affected by something and they don't know how to respond. So they throw it out to the world and hope that the world will make it feel better or that 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 action will make it feel better. So. That's all I'm going to say on that story, man. First, like I said, man, anybody who's dealing with death, man, from gun violence, disease, suicide, whatever, I'm praying for you. And I'm listen, you do not have to tell the world how you feel about it. You don't have to post. You don't have to do anything but pray. <laughs> you you got to pray. You need to pray. Death is a very um, overwhelming event. You know what I'm saying? So my heart and my prayers goes out to anybody. And also, my last thing, listen, just because somebody's out here reckless, living crazy, the worst thing that ha happened is not the fact that people are celebrating somebody who didn't know Christ. And, and, and from what, let's just say it like that. The worst thing from somebody, the worst thing that happened isn't somebody who got murdered that didn't know Christ and the people are worshiping them like they were like they were something bigger than what they were. The worst thing is that nobody was able to get the gospel and that God didn't get the increase from that person before they died. And this is why we mourn for those who don't who don't hear the word of God before they pass. And we pray some way, shape or form that the word of God was given to them, even if it was in the last moment and second so that they wouldn't reap the reap the wages of our sins. You know what I'm saying? Not telling everybody that somebody's going to hell because they wasn't living right or they wasn't honoring and they didn't submit to God. Like that's 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 no. It's a tragedy when someone dies and didn't accept Christ in their heart. That's a tragedy. The tragedy isn't that people are honoring somebody's death <laughs> that wasn't living holy. No, the tragedy is that nobody gave 
nobody gave that person the gospel or that person didn't accept it in the time that they had before they left this planet. That's the tragedy. And that's why we mourn, not why we attack mourners, because they are they're mourning someone that we felt wasn't a Christian. I'm just saying, man, listen, it's <laughs> it's better ways to handle things. But it's a tragedy when someone who doesn't know God dies. And the tragedy does isn't us attacking people who are sad and are speaking highly of that person. The tragedy is that the tragedy is that another person died without Christ. That's the tragedy. And that's why we mourn. That's the sadness. And that's also the wake up call that, oh, I need to do more. Even if it's for these celebrities, if you feel that passionate about these celebrities living godless, then be in their DMs. <laughs> Pray for them when you go home heavily. You know what I'm saying? Go out your way to try to pray that God that God touches them, that they change their ways. But spending your time telling everybody that a person is going to hell now that they're dead is weird. And that's all we're going to say about that. Our next story is about social media because social media sucks. And I'm not the only one that thinks so. Because there's been a new poll that Americans give social media a clear thumbs down. A sizable majority says social media does more to divide the country than unite it. This was a recent poll that was done by ABC News and no NBC News and the Wall Street Journal. Right. So the American public holds negative views on social media giants like Facebook and Twitter, with sizable majority saying these sites do more to divide the country than unite it. Most people are saying that they even believe that Twitter, Facebook, um, that they create and they spread these falsehoods rather than news, according to that NBC, um, NBC News and Wall Street Journal poll. They also say six out of 10 Americans say that they don't trust Facebook to protect their personal information at all. So in the words of my man, Reed B. Versus, Facebook, Americans don't trust you. And, I don't, and I'm not mad at that. What's interesting about this article is that it, it even goes down to break down how 82% of people say social media does more to waste time versus the 15% that says it, it's actually useful. But with all those numbers, 7 out of 10, that's 69%, say they're on social media even once, at least once a day. So it's almost like. While the world says they they feel that social media is negative and that it sucks and that it causes more division, they still spend at least one, at least, at least, they, they go in there at least once every single day. It's almost like being with somebody that, that hates your guts or you hate, but you just won't break up with them because... I don't know, because they're there, I guess. I don't know. But I digress. No, seriously, man. Um, like I said, everything I think I believe um we have to be balanced or even with moderation. Now I've had shows where I talked about that you do need to unplug from social media. Like you need to literally put that stuff down for stints. You know what I'm saying? And you moderate that by your your uh by how attached you are to it, by how dependent you are of getting online and seeing what people care about or what are people mad about today. But um, I've kept up with classmates, man, that I went to fifth grade with uh, from, from fifth grade all the way to college. Um, so it does have some great tools as well as I'm able to share my wonderful podcast with people all over the world. And 
that would only be done um, through social media. So um, while I do 150% agree that it does cause division, I also agree that social media and Facebook and Twitter and all these other sites aren't the problem. It's how we're using the tool. Like I just said about my earlier show with, with the death of um, of um, Nipsey Hussle, is that it's how we're using it. Because if someone I love passed and I saw an outcry online of people mourning and sad and sending prayers of love, that would be supportive. Like, man, that's great. But if I also was to get on there and see people arguing about who can mourn and who can and should they mourn because the person going to hell anyway, and if, that would... That would also feed the pain and the anger and the anguish and the frustration and, you know, feed some negative things in me because of how people are using this tool and how I'm using it. Because if someone dies, why am I even online? You know what I'm saying? But some people feel they need to be online. Like it's, it's, so, it's, so many, it's so many things when it comes to social media that we're thinking through it improperly where we can't blame social media. Like people say, oh, social media destroys relationships. No. Your behavior on social media destroys relationships. Uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, doesn't divide the country. The way we use social media divides the country. Because the way we talk online, most people, especially people who are overtly left-wing or right-wing or pro-Trump or um, anti-Trump, we would never go to Taco Bell. That's my spot. I digress. <laughs> we would never go somewhere where there's people at the mall walking to him. And they're like, hey, how you doing? You know what? I hate Donald Trump. And everybody who loves Donald Trump can shut up. You never see that type of conversation in real life. Because what's funny is in public, most people are at the very least cordial. Whether they hate you because you're black or they hate you because you're gay or they hate you because you're short or fat or dumb or the way you dress most people are nowhere near as outspoken to strangers and out about their beliefs than on social media. And that's how the misuse of something that can be a great tool. You get what I'm saying? So like before social media where somebody would yell, oh, I think you're stupid and oh, black people this and Trump this or whatever, yo, you know, your extreme position on whatever it is. The the most extreme a person you would see is someone wearing a shirt with something that could be racist or something that could be anti-government or <laughs> anti-agenda. And it would be on a, a graphic on their shirt or it'd be words saying, um, I'm a Democrat. Get over it. Like that was <laughs> some of the biggest talk you'd see. And it'd also be a shirt. And these people, a uh, true story, I was at a mall when I was really young and a person had a shirt that said, a bunch of cuss words and what um, it was about them being they they were able to beat anybody up basically I can't really remember but I remember it was really vulgar and I was in line and I walked past him I was like excuse me like, oh no excuse me he was like hey man those some sweet shoes and I was like oh I appreciate it I kept moving and I remember going back and while I didn't remember what the shirt said I do remember how that person acted. So it was confusing that I remember a shirt was so vulgar, but that person was very pleasant. And this is what makes how we use social media so dangerous is because of the presence of anonymity, right? Where you, they can't see you. They can't touch you. You can't see them. You can't touch them. You can't look in their face. We're okay with being triggering people and saying the most 
extreme concept in our minds because of social media. So with this poll, which is interesting, but instead of us blaming social media, we got to start looking at how we doing this stuff. Even myself as a Christian, I would come out before and say, hey, if you listening to Beyonce, you going to hell. Hey, Beyonce is a witch. I was, I mean, I would say some of this stuff because I was so passionate because I was talking to people. I was talking about people and at people that I like they weren't people. I was literally talking at people and about people like they weren't people. Like with no compassion, with no love, with no wisdom, with no compassion, with none of the things that the Holy Spirit is supposed to produce, it was all flesh because it was more important about me saying this and making people take it like, take that versus me speaking. Hey, man, maybe I won't say Beyonce this. Maybe I won't say and if you listen to Beyonce, you're going to hell. But maybe I say, be careful what you listen to, because this stuff is poisoning our minds and our thought processes. You know what I'm saying? I'm still saying the same thing, but now I'm talking about something and not about someone because the person is not the problem. It's the content that we're comfortable with putting into people. But I digress. So at the end of the day, Facebook, Twitter, Americans can't trust you. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Woo, that was serious. Anyway, I digress. So this is my uh, the third story, which is my favorite part of Let's Talk About It, is that I'm going to talk about one of our sponsors that y'all got to go check out. Now, if you're listening to this and you make um, Christian hip hop if, or you make music that is inspired by your walk with God, I'll say, or your business, your clothing line, your teaching series, your Bible app. I just found out about uh, one of my followers actually has a couple devotionals on the Bible app, which is super dope. Shout out to you. But any of that or and because but gets rid of everything. No, no, no. But take away the but. And so if you are this person and you want your brand to be promoted to the CHH culture or other believers that are into entertainment, um, you got to check out the bookkeeper 247.com It's the bookkeeper. So that's T H E B O O K K E E P E R 247.com. Y'all got to check them out. Listen, it's called the bookkeeper 247.com. You can also follow them on social media at the bookkeeper 247 on Twitter. Uh, I think on IG too. Just check them out on Twitter. They're pretty dope on Twitter. Or check out the website and you'll get all the information you need. It's thebookkeeper247.com. And that's all I have to say about that. But finally, we're back um, to talk about where this show came from, man. Um, it actually came from a, a con- you know, everything comes from conversations or just what I see. But it's a scripture that came back to my heart earlier this week when I just saw um, a huge pouring out, you know what I'm saying? Um, what's, what's, what's so, what's interesting and what's almost disheartening is that the world wants peace <laughs> in a way. The world wants positivity. They want good, but they just don't want God. Like people want to do the right thing. So overall, or people respect people who do the right thing, promote different ways of thinking and different ways of making money legally. Like people want and respect this stuff, but they don't want it to come from people of God or people who submit to God. They want people to be doing this stuff 
all in their own right, which is very, very interesting. But there's also a part where I do notice where it does have validity. Now, putting this out while some in the midst of somebody mourning or arguing with someone mourning um, to attack the, you know, to, to talk on or speak on the character of someone who is dead, I think is bad. I think it's a bad taste and I think it's weird. I think it's weird to be mad at someone, someone mourning over someone dead while you're alive. Now, let me get back to it. I think that because this world adores the world, because we adore the world, we don't have the insight to correct them, encourage them, and show them that maybe what they're doing isn't the best way to go about it. You get what I'm saying? And that's why I go back to with my son. Love my son. But I also caught myself adoring him, which means I worshiped his behavior. So I didn't want to correct it. But because I loved him, I corrected it because I know if he stays like that and acting like that, behaving that way, it'll lead him somewhere that he won't want to go. See, it's not even really about me. But because I love this person, I have the insight to correct behavior now because I know what it'll do to the person later. You get what I'm saying? Because our behavior has consequences and that's not judgment and that's not saying that God can't do this or that doesn't mean there's not grace. But that doesn't mean it just means that everything that you put out there, you, you there's a return and it's not always the return you want. That's why change has to happen, right? So the other so the other part was that, man, I was talking to a guy and he was like, you know, I'm tired of the church. Um, you know, God is in these streets. So God is the world. You know, so God loves the world. And he quoted that scripture. And I was like, and so it was funny when he quoted that scripture because that scripture had been on my heart. I'm like, okay, let me go back and read it. So as I'm reading it, something just jumped out. <laughs> and it blessed me because, one, it shows me approach. Um, and I'm gonna get into that scripture for me my preach, but I just wanted to stay right here for one second. I want to explain the difference between love and adoration and what love is. So first Corinthians 13 and four, hmm, let's go up. Let's just read. Let's go. Let's go one. So it says, uh, love is the greatest. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong on a clinging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I don't love others, I would have gained nothing. Now, this ain't my meet my preach segment, but I wanted to give y'all some context. On top of the fact this, I don't know, I got a little carried away, but go up. But no, love, I wanted to talk about the difference between love and adoration. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Okay? Now, that's love. <laughs> and then adoration, the definition of adoration goes to 
Worship. Now, let me tell you what. Let me tell. You, I, I I taught on this a couple years ago. The reason why I uh, used what the Bible said about love and used what the world said about adoration is because of the substances. Love has a definition in the word in the in in the dictionary that is about sexual attraction, liking someone, and affection. Right, romantic overall. But God is love. So I won't give a the foundation of a definition from the world describing something that the world does not understand. So because love in the greatest act of love, the, the, the defining act of love came from the word, the foundation of love and the definition of love can only the true definition of love can only be found in the, in the scriptures. I wanted to show the difference because adoration is attached to flesh Love is not limited by feelings, emotions, or flesh. See, it says that love is patient and kind, is not jealous or boastful or pride. Then uh, adoration goes to carnal love, the world's love, and adoration, meaning I can love an artist that talks crazy and that's very, you know, just wild and this, that, and the fourth because I, you know, man, I adore them or I love them because they make me feel good because their music is dope. But if I love them with the spirit of God, I wouldn't take joy in them indulging in things that I know can be damaging spiritually and or physically. You get what I'm saying? Or if I have a friend that I adore and I look up to, of course, I'm not going to correct them because I want to be like them. But if I love them and I start seeing them do things that is harmful, whether it's the relationship they're in, whether it's how they're thinking through things, it, however it is. I wouldn't want to be the person to give them some godly and sound advice to help them take a different path because I know what can happen and what they think could hurt them. So love is always attached. Real love, true love is attached to your spirit. It's attached to something that's bigger than how you feel. But the world defines love that it's all about feelings and adoration is attached to all of your feelings and worshiping him. You get what I'm saying? So that's why I separated. So, you know, somebody say, oh, well, why did you give us, why didn't you give us a definition of love from the dictionary? Because the world don't know what love is. God showed us what love is. But let me just go on here, man. Go on to, let's <laughs> go into your grandma's favorite segment, Meach Might Preach, so we can really get into this thing. And this is my segment, Meach Might Preach. I know y'all gonna enjoy it. <laughs> Okay, okay. So, okay, let me go back first. So, the first scripture I used was 1 Corinthians 13, right? And I just went, um, the NLT, of course. Um, but love is, now, I, I read the KJV. Um, I really try to stay in the KJV because some of the commentaries, uh, some of the other versions do withdraw scripture. That's why, but I use NLT because if you're listening to this, I want you to just get the understanding. I want you to just get it as plain as possible but i always say please go back read it try to go into kjv but nlt will help you understand what the kjv is trying to say as well as reading and listening to the commentaries that's in the bible app i think the bible app has you know has a lot of dope stuff in it so studying that and trying to understand what the bible is trying to tell you um but the nlt is cool to give you a general understanding so that when you listen to kjv now this die and thithithin those words that are weird to you on the surface now make a little more sense because you've heard it in your language, if that makes sense. But anyway, 
So First uh, Corinthians 13 is the first scripture I read. If I could speak all languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all of the God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. It goes to four. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Right now, when you hear about love, because people, the world talks about love all the time and that's not love. Um, and I used to get really, really frustrated. I used to get really, really frustrated when people would talk, you know, how the world would be telling the body what love is until I understood that even though we both say love, the foundation of understanding is different because the world considers this love. But the word, what real love is, is defined here. So if you believe love is emotions, then, of course, you won't tell your friend to stop doing drugs because, um... Drugs make them feel good. You don't want to hurt their feelings and you don't want to make them feel ashamed or feel like you're judging them. But if you love them like the, with the heart of Christ, you wouldn't allow someone that you love to do something that is destroying them, even if it makes them feel good in the moment or something with them emotionally, because, you know, that's not the actual solution. So it goes back to the whole thing of adoration being carnal. When you adore something, you ignore how it affects them because it feels good and you worship everything they do. Like I said, my little baby boy, he acts like a baby. People swear he's my favorite. And and I caught myself not disciplining him in a sober form because I loved everything he did. I loved how what he did, how it made me feel. Not whether it was right or wrong, but because of how it made me feel, I became numb or ignored that what he was doing and how he was acting I would actually hurt them. Like I can ignore things if I worship everything you do, whether it hurts you or not. Like some of, you know, like a rock star that we love and that they were breaking stuff in hotels and doing drugs and just wilding out. And now you see them 50 years later and they're dealing with the consequences of that wild, reckless behavior, even though it was super entertaining. It was fun. It was rebellious. Oh, yeah. You know, all of that. But now this person is dealing with health issues dealing with the fact that they don't have a relationship with their family the the divorces with all the fun they had when you get rid of all the emotions and all the fun that you have in your flesh when you look at there's so much more confusion and carnage and heartache with after all the fun and all the emotion resides that you'll look back and be like dang i wish somebody would have told me you know have you ever had that man i wish somebody would have told me then what I know now, and it's like, man, the truth of it is, I wish people would have loved me versus adored me so I could have gotten the truth and actually had the ability or the opportunity to know I had a choice to change before I had to live with the consequences of me being adored and loved in the flesh. And now I got these problems. So even to go back to the conversation, how we love the world, we do. We love the world because people are doing good stuff and you don't got to do all that God stuff and be in church and 
you know, all that stuff. You don't have to do that, right? You can, you can, you know, be reckless and do good stuff and you don't got to go and submit to God and, you know, ask Jesus to come into your heart. That's religious. That's not what you got to do. You can be out here and do whatever you want to do and then still do good stuff and never have to submit to God. You can literally become righteous of your own will. That's kind of what the world wants to perpetuate. Like you don't need to submit to God. You can be a good person on your own will, on your own strength. You don't need any help, right? So, um, we love the world. So I've heard some, so I told you when I was talking to somebody online, the person said, you know, God loved the world. He was in the streets and I was like, cool. So I went to this scripture. It's in John three. Um, and I'm gonna start at 16 and I'm just really gonna stop there really. Cause it says God does love the world. Cause I, when I heard that, I'm like, he does. So here it goes. It says for, this is how God loved the world. He gave his only, his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Right? Now you go on to, you read the whole script. I mean, read the Bible. But no, read this, you can read this whole chapter. God loved the world and says, okay, this is how God loved the world. He sent his son. He gave his son so that people would not perish now if god loved the world on the world's terms he would not have to offer any help because they were fine where they were and this is what really blessed me is that he loved us so much he gave us something he gave us a choice he gave us an opportunity to not live the way we lived and not not no longer have to be doomed or limited to the consequences of what we wanted to do or what how we thought through that. It said that he gave his son so that everyone who believes in him. So this is the part. So if I love you and I say, hey, man, um, you probably need to go to rehab, man. You need you need to stop doing this. Right. If that person goes to rehab, gets clean, you've saved them. You've given them an opportunity. But if I adore them or love them on the world's terms, then I wouldn't offer them anything. I would just say, I love you, hug you, hey, you do you, man. It's your life. You know what I'm saying? Don't let nobody control or judge you, right? But this is what's dope. God does love the world. And he does love his people. He loves his people so much that he couldn't set step by. He couldn't just sit by and allow us to destroy ourselves. So he sent something. He sent his only son. He sent him. So that if we accept him, we could be free and we could escape the consequences of our life, of our adoration of ourselves, <laughs> of our cardinal love of ourselves, of us thinking well, you don't have to do all that. You can do this all on your own. <laughs> Loving the world on the world's terms versus the actual love of God meant action, change, submission, humility. And growth. Y'all be listening to Live with Me Trill. I hope this blessed y'all.
Clean Air Media.